Episode 235, Encouraging Cognitive Resonance. This is the Ericast for the week of January 5, 2014. From Ericast.com. Welcome to the Ericast. All right. Welcome back to the Ericast. I'm your host, Eric Larson, 206-339-3742, listener feedback line, kicking off 2014 with the same intro, the same feedback line, kind of that tradition thing. You know, I, there was, I honestly don't know if they still use this. I suppose I should have Googled this, but it just popped into mind. I remember sitting in our house 30, at least over 30 years ago, because we sold it 30 years ago, so 32, 35 years ago, and listening to the radio. I still have that radio because it was a, a 19, probably 1950s Bakelite GE radio with the civil defense markers on the dial. So if those Russians attack, that's where you can tune your dial to find out how many minutes left you, you have to live. And I remember what I'm sure was CBS because we would listen to WCCO 830 on the dial. And they opened every top of the news hour, news hour thing, with a very distinctive bing, boo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-do
And I've got a question for you. If I did that more, then maybe I'd get more listeners, thus more calls. I don't quite know. The problem is, is that those listeners would then go back into the archives, find episodes like this one, like yee. So I have uh, just a few minutes before Ruth and the girls get home. They are out and about um, in a balmy negative six right now. So for folks like Matt who are out in California and are are trying to conceptualize what winter is is like under a polar vortex, which is what we've had here lately, um, the answer is really cold. It's just really cold. What's funny is it was a little warmer today. When I walked into work, it was probably like 11 below instead of, you know, 13 below the day before. Um, but it felt colder. And yeah, there's kind of one of those, once it, it gets that cold, everything feels cold. Um, and it's just cold. But I don't know. This, this hasn't, um, this has been really, really cold. It is not usually this cold. But it hasn't felt as bad as some. Maybe it's the maybe it's the wind chill. Just like some of you say, it's not the heat; it's the humidity. Well, for us, it's it's not the cold; it's the wind chill. And when that breeze just sucks the heat right off of you, that's that's pretty bad. But yes, indeed, they uh, we had Christmas break and all that kind of thing. Um, I went back to work for a couple of days last week, and then they uh, they closed the schools. The governor closed the schools Monday. So my university closed as well because all the uh, the K twelve schools were throughout the state were closed because you know, I've mentioned before the geography of Minnesota so you know the Twin Cities is kind of like kind of that one third line you know if you're if you follow the video rule of thirds for Minnesota you know we're kind of in that lower third section top edge of the lower third um, northern Minnesota it it, it was really really cold. Um, I didn't catch, I mean, highs were predicted in, you know, negative, negative twenties. And not, I don't think any of them had negative thirties for highs, but definitely negative twenties. And we had like negative, whatever it was, negative, it was around negative 13, negative 15, um, as a high on Monday. And that, that's Fahrenheit. Not quite sure what the Fahrenheit Celsius scale does at that. There's, there's a point where they come together. It might be somewhere around there. I'm not sure. Anyway, so we, uh, the whole family went a little bit stir crazy being cooped up in the house together. And I told Ruth yesterday, um, day before yesterday, I was, I was ready to go back to work. So it's been two days back. But what I'm, what I'm up to, okay, attention, here comes the topic of the episode. Almost seven minutes into the episode, we finally get to the topic. Okay. I have a, a pet issue or thing or perspective. That if you, if you engage me in conversation long enough, this will eventually come up. It's, it's sort of my, I'm looking for an answer to this question. It's kind of like the unifying principle of, of not quite the universe, but of a lot of stuff. It's the official title, the unifying principle of a lot of stuff. And here it is. How do you encourage intrinsic motivation in people? Because you can't motivate people, so you can't just say, "How do you motivate people?" That's this is this is the long hand of that. I mean, the short hand: How do you motivate people? But the answer is, you can't. You have to somehow encourage an intrinsic motivation. That's where true motivation comes from. So, how do you encourage an intrinsic motivation in people to more deeply engage in a community or activity that they profess to value? There's a lot packed into that. So let me let me expand that a bit. And here's my example. It's it's easy 
relatively speaking, it's easy to get people to profess that they value something. For instance, if you carry a clipboard and a petition and you stop people on the street, as long as it's warmer than like 15 below, um, and you say, you know, hey, did you know that dolphins are being caught in tuna nets and dolphins are really important and tuna fishing is therefore bad and the TV show Flipper was really cute and here's a picture of a dolphin. Or, do you agree with me that we shouldn't be hurting the dolphins? You can quite easily move someone from a position of of ignorance or ambivalence or whatever toward dolphin death to a position of, oh, I now, now that I've been informed, I agree with you that killing dolphins is bad. They're cute. They're mammals. We're mammals. We shouldn't kill them. You know, that, that sort of thing. Okay. So getting somebody to profess that they value something is really not that difficult because you just inform them in some sort of, um, emotionally convincing or emotionally manipulative way and you move them from not professing to value it to professing to value it. Okay. The hard part is getting them to more deeply engage in that community or activity or, or whatever, that cause um, that they profess to value. And the reason we're talking about this now is because I didn't get around to talking about it back in 2013, but it's important to talk about now because we're in the season of New Year's resolutions, right? Because we're right after New Year's and people are kind of in that, oh, it's been X number of days and I'm going to fail and give up. No one says it, but that's kind of what happens. But at New Year's, they profess to value whatever it is. I'm going to write 500 words a day. I'm going to, um, I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to walk 10,000 steps a day, whatever it might be. Okay. So how do you encourage people, intrinsically motivate them or whatever, to more deeply engage in a voluntary community or activity that they profess to value. You could make it non-voluntary. You could say, okay, Wilson, if you don't get those TPS reports on my desk by 5 o'clock, you're fired. Well, okay, I don't exactly really deeply value the TPS reports, but I guess I value my job. So valuing the TPS reports isn't voluntary, but it's mandatory. Therefore, I, I, I mean, right? Okay. But if it's voluntary, you can care about dolphins or not or whatever. Um and you say you care about the dolphins, how do we get you to actually do something about it? I would love an answer to this question. You don't even need to call 206-339-ERIC. You can email me. You can you can leave a note on my door. I Whatever. But talk to me long enough, and I will ask you this question. And I've gotten over the years, because it's been years I've, I've been asking this question. In fact, I've mentioned it on the podcast before, so you probably heard it. Uh, and I get a whole lot of, huh. And then people sort of back away slowly and move on to a different conversation with someone else. So I cornered, about a year ago, I cornered a psychologist at my place of employment after a uh, presentation he had given. And he was talking some about, about that, about motivation and, and, um, you know, motivating people, though once again, that doesn't, that's kind of a misnomer. Oh, by the way, the reason I talked all about the, the weather and how cold it is, this is to explain that the, the, the noise in the background is I've left the furnace on. You don't turn the furnace off when it's six below outside, even if you really want a nice quiet podcast. So y'all are just going to have to cope. So, sorry. Now it just turned itself off so you can hear it kind of, whoo, calm down. It'll be quiet for a moment until Ruth and the girls get home. So I need to finish up. Okay. 
So I said, hey, I've got a question for you. How do you encourage intrinsic motivation in people to more deeply engage in a voluntary community or activity that they profess to value? And because I had literally cornered him in the room, he could not back away slowly. So um, we started talking about this. And what we came to after after a, a few minutes of conversation, his suggestion was, well, maybe the best thing you can do is to keep bringing them back to that profession and encourage a cognitive dissonance. You know, you care about the dolphins, but you haven't contributed to National Wildlife Federation. You haven't done anything on behalf of dolphins. And right now you're eating a can of tuna with a fork and it has a picture of a dolphin on the side. So, hello, do you really care about the dolphins? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, do you really? And you you just kind of had that conversation, right? So you encourage a cognitive dissonance with the profession and the activity and eventually hope that something in their brain clicks and they say, ah, maybe, maybe I should do something about this. So I was having this conversation with someone else a few weeks ago. You can tell I'm a lot of fun to be around at cocktail parties, let me tell you. So I was having this very conversation. I said, so that's that's what the psychologist came up with. And this guy said, you know, I think that's wrong. I thought, ooh, this is interesting. He's listening and he's, he's engaged in the conversation. He said, I think you should encourage cognitive resonance. Hmm. Okay. And his point was that rather than trying to get people to to see their, their mental incongruity, I didn't quite flesh this out, so this is why it's become a podcast episode, is I need your help on this. But somehow to do things that that draw them to the valued thing. So rather than saying, you say you value dolphins and yet you don't do anything about that, try to find things that will... The girls are home. That will encourage them and, and draw them towards something. Hmm. I'm tempted to let the podcast go for just a minute. And you can hear the girls upstairs. Yeah, now you know why I tried to get this done well. The girls were gone. <laughs> and the furnace kicks on to, to drown it out. <laughs> I remember a year or two ago when the, the noise of the furnace was kind of a, a feature of every Aircast episode. So help me out on that one. Really, that's that's all I got is I understood the encouraged cognitive dissonance thing of, hey, you're wrong, you're wrong, you say you value it, but you don't. Hmm. But how would you encourage cognitive resonance um, and and try to posit, you know, positively with, with happy, cheerful Happy, cheerful stuff. Draw them into that. That's my question for you. So let me know what you think. 206-339-3742, also known as 206-339-ERIC, spells it out very conveniently. Listener feedback line. Um, give me some, give me some thought on that. It's, it's been, it's been bugging me for a long while. So I would, I would like a good answer to this one. Um, I'll leave it up to you. Let me know what you think. And until next time, take care. Thanks for listening to the Ericast from Ericast.com. Visit us at www.ericast.com.